And go! <laughs> Welcome to Sisterly Situations! I am here with my beautiful sister, Missy Monster. I'm here with my beautiful sister, Cheryl Lindipus. Ew. <laughs> we're, that's, we're gonna have to work on that. That's Alright, I'll come up with a new one. Yeah, okay. So, it is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving... It sure is. Happy Thanksgiving to our listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. We are grateful for you. Yes, I am thankful for our listeners this Thanksgiving. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for this podcast that we've started. Me too. How incredibly sweet. Yeah, this time that we share this beautiful thing that we create. We've had a couple of fun episodes these last couple of weeks. I hope that you've enjoyed laughing and I I hope that you've enjoyed kind of the off topic stuff um, or off of uh, us stuff and just listening to us. Yeah. Off of the personal topics. Off of the personal stuff. Kind of our random episodes. Yeah. This week we are going to get back into some family stuff in time for the family holiday. So (laughs) before you go sit in your awkward thanksgiving family drama filled fun times have our fun family fun stuff while you walk into your family fun stuff (laughs) (laughs) we are going to be evaluating some childhood experiences and that's the situation we hope you enjoy this episode thanks for listening thank you (laughs) (laughs) welcome to sisterly situations I am Missy. And I am Sherilyn. We have intri- a very interesting topic um, for us. So hopefully it's interesting for our listeners. So you had something specific that you wanted to bring into the table. So what what is the situation? Here's the situation. So we had talked briefly previously on another episode, a little bit about the separation and how you went to go live with dad. And I was a stayed home behind with mom. And there was part of that that was said that I, I had this really uncomfortable and unfamiliar feeling inside where I felt like I needed to defend mom. And specifically what you had said was you went from a situation or a household with zero structure to a household with a lot of structure. (laughs) So I feel like I wanted to defend, uh, defend our life with mom a little bit because I I don't feel like that's a fair representation of our life at that time because mom fell apart like really really apart after you left like she got way worse after she lost custody of you so there were some things that just came up for me and when you say something like I had zero structure growing up and some of the other things that we have kind of that we've shared about the experience with mom, her self-medication and lack of responsibility and some of the bad choices that she made. There, there's a laundry list of bad things and irresponsible things at, as a parent that left us with a lot of trauma. But I don't want to paint the picture that she was some like strung out cohort laying on the floor, turning tricks, unable to care for us. We weren't living in squalor. It wasn't dirty beer bottles laying all over the floor everywhere. Maybe later. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> so no when you lived with us it, now things were never good they were never like a quality of living that parents should provide for their children yeah I was just gonna say maybe she should have turned a couple tricks so she could have provided a quality of living that we deserve frankly her taste would not have uh, the allowed. allowed for that kind of quality of living there's an attraction Fair. to a certain level of fellar that <laughs> would not have would not have given us you definitely got a better standard of living living elsewhere so okay i was just kidding but anyway moving on <laughs> going back to that i i just want to kind of clarify on that when you lived with us before she lost her job working she was full time working as a cashier at the grocery store chain for nearly 10 years from the time she got sober wow. to yeah, till a ways after she started drinking again. I don't think she lost her job there until after you left and her her excuses and her drinking and her hangovers. Okay, but she hadn't been working there problem. since I was three, though. Because I was like, thir- wait, how old was I when I left? Seven. She was working there. Yeah, she worked there from the time I moved in with them at seven until... I was about I was like 13, 14. So she oh. she worked there seven, eight years. Okay. Seven, eight years that before I moved in, because she had been sober for a while before I moved in with her and dad, before you were born, she had already been working there. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that makes she, sense that my memory is fuzzy on that because I was so young and I don't. You were incredibly young. I definitely young. remember her working there. I also remember her working a few places. So, Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. after she left, after she got fired from that job, which was a union job. So it took them a while to be able to fire her. She messed up a lot. Overachiever. And I know that she was there after you left the house because she was able to get a lawyer through the union for the initial parts of that custody case. Oh. So there was definitely like this period of time of there was a normality to our life. She was abusive. She was not doing well, but she got up and went to work most days, usually late, hence the losing the job. And so like in the summer times, you were home with me and I took care of you during the day, even as a teenager. So are you about to defend mom or are you about to defend yourself for the structure that well, I was given? Well, I'm... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm defending our life, I guess. It was, she was a working single mother who was struggling paycheck, paycheck. And there is, there is definitely a part of me that's a little bit defensive because I can relate to that. I am a working single mother that lives paycheck to paycheck. My paychecks are a lot bigger and, and it's still not enough to make it. <laughs> so there, there is a lot, but she did get up. She did have a hold down a full-time job. We were clean. She provided for us. It was hard and there was certainly a struggle to make ends meet because she was struggling a lower working class. Mm -hmm. So well, and she was sober for a while, but then with a drinking and drug problem, she got to a point where she got herself to a place that she could buy that trailer. So yeah, we were in a trailer park, but she had a mortgage on that. And that was on her that was on her name. She did that by herself. So that is an accomplishment for her to have done that raising two kids, you know, on her own. And we were there every day. Like dad took us on the weekends after he moved out, but she was a constant there. And when she started dating the neighborhood drug dealer and there was drinking, 
things started to slowly fall apart. She has always had anger issues. So there was an abuse factor that was targeted at me. But you were good because you were the favorite. (laughs) You were, you were, I was the thing that happened and the mess that constantly needed to be cleaned up. So my, my life was a representation for her of an abusive, terrible marriage of a teenager's mistake that she couldn't overcome that she had to live with. She had multiple abortions before me. There was a lesson there that she just didn't learn till she had to take care of a responsibility. (laughs) There is a lot that I represented for her. I do uh, begrudgingly admit that I look like her enough. I did well in school, healthier than she was. As a kid, she was unhealthy. So there's also that part of jealousy that... I represented things that she didn't have She because she never felt like she was smart. I remember in second grade, her telling me that she, I was smarter than her, which backfired on her because I would tell her that for the rest of her life that I'm smarter than her. Um, <laughs> she never felt confidence in her intelligence, but she was the first in the family to graduate from high school. And her- she's she is she is a whole lot of wasted potential because of excuses and self-sabotage and victimizing and victimizing and feeling uh, she just feels sorry for herself Mm -hmm. and largely because of her health condition that separated her from her siblings and her parents yeah exactly and you cannot spend the rest of your life doing that you just you just can't do that um because you will trash your own life and traumatize your children (laughs) you know like that's that's what has happened out of this is she couldn't function if you spend your entire life blaming your parents for their shortcomings and we've had discussions about this every parent has shortcomings there's no one makes it out of childhood unscathed so we all have resentments of our parents If you spend the rest of your life living with just those resentments as your excuses and you're a victim of that, you cannot function and do anything to correct and you will ultimately compound that trauma on the next generation. Yeah, there's no growth. Yeah. Right. We're here to break those generational curses and not continue with this self-destructive path so that we can all be good people (laughs) at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we touched on on this a little bit. So me being the favorite. <laughs> okay, let me just so, also mention that me being the favorite did not mean I wasn't the target sometimes. I, you took the, what's the word? The brunt of everything, for sure. And I feel some guilt about that not that it's my fault i know intellectually i know that but there's like some guilt there you know but well pick your damn toys up off the floor that's why you're a little ocd with cleaning now is because i got beat for your toys being on the floor (laughs) i'm kidding kidding are you though i mean a little bit i don't know (laughs) there's a little truth in every dark good joke (laughs) i need to wow i need to let that marinate with why haven't you ever said that to me before? <laughs> because I, that's a burden to not put on you. Like, there, but there were times when we lived in the trailer, especially when she was starting to fall no, no, apart. No. I mean, why didn't you say, that's why I have all these problems now? Why haven't you ever said that? Well, because that just came into my brain this moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm I like, say, damn, you've been holding out on me. <laughs> what comes out of my mouth is usually what I'm thinking. So clearly I didn't think about it before or it would have come out my mouth before. <laughs> like I could have done all this growth and stuff with all this, this piece of information that never occurred to me. That's what we're doing. That's what this is for. That's what this is for. That's, a, that's, that's what we're mad. doing here. I was just like, I'm mad that I didn't realize that already. Hey. That's growth. Anyway. So, yeah, there were times when, especially in the trailer park when you were old enough, where I would see mom's about to, she's, she's escalating. She's hitting the red. So I would open the back door and I would say, go to your friend's house. And I would send you down the street to, there was a little girl in the neighborhood and you would go down to her house. There were enough conversations between the other people in the trailer park. Those parents knew. Oh yeah. I was going to say, and if I said parents knew too, if I sent you down, down to their house, they were like, Hey, and you were welcoming and you were welcomed. Come in, play, oh, yeah. have dinner with us, whatever it oh, took. Yeah. It was my they sister told me to come down and they were like, oh, okay, we're going to be on this. Um, there was a good, as much trash gets talked about people about who live them. in trailer parks. Well, and about uh, that family specifically too. I mean, mm. they had their own demons that they were dealing with, but they were mm-hmm. always, I have to say, the siblings too. Everyone in that family was so welcoming to me and so sweet to me. I was with them every single day of my life during those years. For a period of time, yeah. Yeah. And so so I just want to say as much trash as talked about them specifically too. They were good I, people. I haven't heard that specific, what specific, or maybe I just didn't pay attention to it been, and internalize it. But you know, I don't know later, all the... Like, when I was visiting and you were living with Linda and I was only there on the weekends or something and you were hardly there. Right. But I think in general, there's a stereotype about trailer trash. Yeah. And I won't say that the trailer park was without its drama. For sure. Yeah. We lived up to some of that trailer trash stereotype. There was some of that, certainly. However, there was also a community there that did look out for one another. And I think kudos should be given out to that. Even the neighbors on the other side, when we were locked out of the house, how many oh times God. did someone come over and that boost us through a window? <laughs> many times a week and push me through that window. Yeah. We didn't tell Honestly, mom until like 10 years later. We should have gotten to the point where we stopped locking ourselves out of the house and stopped locking the door. The neighbors all knew how to get in. <laughs> They because they had window. to help us get in every day. I mean, and they're the ones that who told us. Bad, yeah, that was a bad phase that you went through where you kept forgetting the key. Like, I remember this was like. Phase? A, it was a major phase. Like, for. You think it's a phase? You think that's done now? Oh, no. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But I guess I, my memory might be distorted because I was so freaking young then. You know, I was in like. And it seemed like it was every day for like a year that this happened. Yes. Yes, exactly. exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> that's that's the trick of time and memories. It wasn't. It was yeah, it was mean? over the course of our whole time living there. There were like five to ten times that that happened. Yeah, it, yeah okay. All right. It felt Which, like so many more than that, but I believe you. <laughs> and I'm totally going to digress for a moment. Do you remember... Uh, the day that I called you to tell you that I just found out that Andrew passed and I drove all the way to work. I was on the phone with you. I drove all the way to work. And as I parked, I was like, I don't have my laptop. I can't believe that I forgot my laptop. And I was and- like, really? <laughs> 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 yeah, you definitely did. You were like, really? 
I believe that on a Tuesday of a normal Tuesday, but this morning, I'm kind of surprised you didn't get lost on the way to work. (laughs) I am, I am terrible with that stuff. So I have a neighbor that has an extra car key. I have a, I have a neighbor that has an extra house key. Our cousins across the way, uh, across the other side of town have a key that is hanging in their garage so that if they're out of town, I can get it. But I think their garage code is their anniversary. Which you don't um, remember. No, so I would have to text them and be like, <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I realized last night, I think that's the last wedding I was ever at too. Wow. I have amazing friends that have not invited me to any of their weddings. I love my wow. friends. <laughs> that you love that? That's <laughs> I hate weddings. So We had so much fun at our cousin's wedding we did we did have a lot of fun on that at that wedding you were all impressed with me for wearing those shoes all night you did because you didn't wear high heels like ever at that time and you wore those heels all night long so we totally got off (laughs) we totally did (laughs) i knew it would be short my i don't have a lot to defend about mom but you did have some structure in your life that's so funny that was a piece that i thought i was gonna edit out and now i'm leaving it in there because (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of defensible things. Well, okay, so there are. Yeah, let's go back to that. What? Tell me more. Well, I was going to say, here's something else that she just did great, and she should get kudos for as a mom. So, yeah, something else came to mind. Are you? I rem. No, but I did have a reminder of a training that I'm supposed to do pop up, so I had to minimize that. I had to snooze it for another two hours i'm not working i, I shut everything down okay i just heard it and i heard it earlier too but you were in the middle of talking so i didn't want to start to so. didn't want to call me out you you're probably going to leave that in there too because some of it i think we've already said that i'm a workaholic it's terrible there it is there's proof uh, yeah there it is so that's fine anyway so yeah um i remember times where i was getting teased by someone in the neighborhood Actually, I remember two times where this happened. Both were boys in the neighborhood where they were teasing or making fun of or like there was an issue. And mom went to their house and confronted. I'm going to talk specifically about my good friend. Her older brothers were wearing like Halloween masks and I was terrified. And so they would hang out on the corner by our house. And if I came outside, they would specifically at me. And try like trying to scare me like around dusk or whatever. Or if I was walking home from another from another friend's house or something, they would chase me so I couldn't get in the gate and I'd be crying. I'm thinking of the right brothers, right? Uh-huh. Are you went to school with the youngest brother? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> trying to respect privacy of yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's obvious. And I'm really good friends with the sister, the younger of the two sisters. So it's the boys were older, one by one year, but he was in my grade. And we often got into like tips in school or whatever. But the older brother is like four or five years older than me, I think. And so mom went down and confronted their father. So mom's like five three. I mean, she's not a little five three. She's a, fi- a, a solid 5'3". Five, five, three. Three. I'm 5'3". Three. She's 5'2". I am yeah, exactly one inch. Like five, 
And she just went up to their dad, who's like six foot something. He's built like a linebacker. He, he was a big dude compared to her anyway. And she was like, your son is terrorizing my daughter. And she went down there with all kinds of sass and attitude, not intimidated at all. He went inside, grabbed his boys and made them come down and apologize to me. They were like, you don't treat children. You don't treat little girls like that. That's not how I raised you. Sounds um, right. Mom with all her sass. Okay. she would so she does have she does have some redeemable qualities there are there absolutely and there is a level of protection there with her mm-hmm. funny that we we're talking about that because i feel like one of the last conversations we had on here was about me not feeling like dad's actions came from i i, I definitely i mean i feel felt the lot i felt i felt a feel a felt lack feel lack I, I felt like uh, I saw or I could see mom's nature of protectiveness more than I, than I guess I saw dad at the time. I mean, you know, if you, if you listen to that resentments episode, you know that I kind of came around and was like, oh, OK, I guess you're right. That that was and, and I kind of changed my perspective a little bit by the end of that episode, which was fun because that's why we do this. But at the time, I would say I definitely saw that in mom. You know, she was. I mean, we describe our family, uh, our mom's side of the family. You've said this specifically as like a, I think you said, yeah, it was you, like a woman wolf pack, you know, uh, and I. We're just, definitely female forward is the team is the terminolo- terminology I use. We're female forward. We have a lot of a wolf pack. Was it you? I feel like that was you. And you were like, it's possible. Maybe yeah. I would. You know what? I might have been watching Fuller House and got the wolf back. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So my whole point of saying the wolf pack thing resonated with me at some point when somebody said it because our family of little women, we're all small, are so feisty and like so fiery and loud and like I don't know maybe it's because we're small we're like if you can't see me you're gonna hear me you know I've learned from conversations that I've had with grandma's youngest sister I've gotten to learn a lot more about her mom and her mom was like that so she ran the house yeah so she ran the household where her husband would worked and did the things that men did back in those days and provided for the family but she ran the household and she was in charge and he was everybody describes him as this kind sweet man who just loved everybody and her as being like don't get on her shit list she was a force to be reckoned with from my from everything that i've been told so that was passed on to her daughters and they grew up describe mom too like don't get on her shit list like, I remember when she was dating our younger sister's dad way before she was, way before our younger, I'm sorry, our youngest sibling, way before they were bored. And he would poke the bear and I would be standing behind mom, waving my arms and being like, no, no, don't do it. Shut your freaking mouth. Like, let's not go there tonight. And one time. I think mom always knew that I was behind there doing that. At one time she turned around and she saw me and luckily it lightened the mood. We all laughed at it because she was kind of like, because she loved you. She loves you. Not loved, not past tense. She loves you. So it would lighten her how mood. how awkward that makes me feel that my mother loves you. <laughs> loves you. Yeah. That's her reaction. So you are someone 
I've always said that Missy is a light. She shines light, radiates from her. Everybody who meets her loves her. It's impossible not to. Thank you. But thank you. But, (laughs) well, if they don't, then there's something wrong with them. Because you were just like (laughs) this ball of light. And that's, everybody says that about Missy. When Missy is around, you can't be too serious or angry. Missy just has a way of diffusing with your energy. Which I find to be amazing because I can argue and throw down with you. But (laughs) I know. And I know that you can be as feisty and difficult as anyone, but you also in tense situations, particularly around family, you have a way of just diffusing everything. And mom's temper, I I feel like you're the only one who could take her from like a nine down to a two because she could see you doing something like standing behind her and waving. No, don't do it. She's going to blow. And she would be like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Whereas if I was doing that, she would have turned around and slugged me. She'd been like, what are you trying to say? I'm like, don't do it because you're going to explode. And she would be like, boom, Yeah, I'll show you explode. And for some reason, her react. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then when she turns around and sees me, her reaction is, oh, she's right. I'm going to blow. And she's ready for it because she knows me so well that she knows it's coming. And she's like trying to prepare for it. Ha ha. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And she's probably like, and here she, she, look at her warning you and your dumbass can't pick up on. And that <laughs> like, too. And that too. For sure. Like, for sure. Like she huge. knows. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because she, she, she will. She'll turn around and she'll be like, how come she knows? But you can't figure you, it out. You can't tell that I'm about to lose my shit and like the volcano is about to erupt. But I think, I think it's easier to register her protectiveness because she is so aggressive. Like her personality is I guess aggressive. That's true. Yeah, that's a really good point. Whereas dad, his protectiveness is, but his protectiveness <laughs> is, no, I don't want you to do that. Mom's protectiveness is, you're gonna mess with me? I'm gonna fuck you up. Mess with my kid? I'm gonna fuck you up. Right. I'm the only one who's allowed to fuck with her. You can't fuck with her. Yes. Dad is more like, you shouldn't make bad decisions. Mm. Both are protecting you, but one is aggressive outward and the other one is, I want you to be able to stand alone so you don't put yourself in these bad situations. Yeah. Which is the right way to protect your child. Uh, well, I mean, Touch your mouth. There, are, <laughs> there are situations because I know like yesterday, Guinevere was sitting outside with a couple of kids in the neighborhood and someone was yelling, shut up, which we had a, we had a little conversation about bad words and that was one of our shorts where bad words versus grown up words and shut up is a bad word where I don't care if you told my daughter to shut up. I would be like, excuse you. You don't talk to my daughter like that. There's another way to tell someone, Hey, you're disrespecting me. I need you to listen to me other than saying shut up. So I did step outside and I said, excuse Excuse me. We don't say shut up around here. That is a bad word. We don't say that. And Guinevere pointed and I was like, there's no need for pointing. Trust me. I know who it is. I was like, just as a general rule, this is bad. We don't, we don't talk like that to people. And the little girl who was doing it was saying, they're not listening to me. I was like, well, then that's what you say. You say, hey, I need you to listen to me. You don't say shut up. Everybody's talking over each other. I love that Um, you gave her an alternative and didn't just tell her what she was doing wrong. Well, thank you, because I'm a good mom. So I I was going to say that dad's way of parenting, of saying, no, don't put yourself into that situation. And I want you to make smart decisions. And But that was correct. And not being an aggressive, don't mess with my baby, is the wrong way. 
but I just caught myself because I just did the same thing in a less aggressive way. The example I used before of mom going down to the neighbor's father and saying, hey, your son is treating my daughter this way. That is not okay. It's aggressive, but it was the right thing to do. She's yeah, not all it was bad. Out of your control because you do try to, like, you specifically as a parent, you do try when the kids are having an issue and an argument or bickering or what have you, you do try to stay out of it as much as possible and let them handle it. You know, kind of like mm-hmm. our parents did with us. Like when we were growing up, you know, instead of getting involved in every step as parents today are kind of tending to do. So I think that that displays a good balance to me that you have in being able to differentiate when that's appropriate so good job well thank you yeah I do I do feel like sometimes it's it's too easy for a kid to go home to a parent and then the parents get involved and try to mediate because then it becomes tattletale city yeah and I do think it's important to let children you know and there there is an age factor and when's it mm-hmm. when is it age appropriate and not yeah, to work out your own conflicts. I mean, you have to learn young so that you can do it as an adult. Right. But yeah, there and there's approach. There's an appropriate age component. There's an appropriate situation component. There's all of right. the variables, and we're so protective. Of and there's kids, a time. Which is and there's crazy. a time when you should talk to the other kid. You know, hey, we just don't use that language here. And there's a time when you escalate and go to the other parent, and it's a parent-to-parent conversation. Let's Let's talk about you being the favorite because we've, we've said that a couple of times. So let's, let's let's segue there. (laughs) So we have said a few times that you, you are the favorite. You are the loved child. And that's kind of like even maintained today since we have a third one of us even. Power of three. Of course, that's not said with any kind of animosity or anything, but there was, I think. For you, there's animosity from me. Well, because it's a lot of responsibility for you that I feel like you have to clean. You are much more of an emotional touchstone for her mess today. And she trusts you in a way she doesn't trust me. Because I had to put a stop to it when dad, when things were falling apart and there was a day that she was really out of control. I'm the one who called dad and said, can you not bring Missy home tonight? Yes. And that that was the kickoff. That was the kickoff for everything. Dad was preparing, but that was the kickoff to say emergency order. Mom is wasted right now. And Aunt Dawn had come to visit and she was like, I don't want to leave you here right now. And I was like, well, I can't leave because Missy's supposed to be coming home. And she was like, this isn't a good situation at all. I called dad and I said, please don't bring Missy home tonight mom's wasted to which he did not bring me and he did not bring you home he was like i understand it's understood antoine and i asked mom just like casually to be like hey can cheryl come to my house tonight like antoine did it she was like can cheryl just come to my house tonight and hang out with me and mom looked at us and she got very suspicious and she said no i'm not comfortable with that like all of a sudden she just sort of snapped from being like party drunk, messy self to she looked at me and she looked at Antoine. She was like, no, I don't think I'm okay with that. that and then Antoine, version of her. Uh, like uh, revengeful, revengeful. I think she was just, she was just suspicious. 
why would I be asking to go spend time with Antoine? That wasn't something we did. That wasn't a common thing. It was kind of unusual that Antoine even came over and was hanging out for hours. And so when she was like, hey, can Cheryl just come like spend the night with us and hang out and I'll bring her back tomorrow? She just kind of was like, no, we don't do that. What, What are you talking about? So she got very suspicious about it. She even said, she was like, your sister's coming home. You can't go. Your sister's gonna coming home. I was like, I don't think she is. I was like, I think she comes home tomorrow. And she was like, no, I think she's supposed to come home today. And I was like, no, like there's no school. She's coming. There's no school. So she's coming home tomorrow. She picked up on all that. And she, she was like, no, something's not right. Because she's a smart lady, even if she's drunk. Because she is smart. Like, she picked up on that. She was like, mm-hmm. Something's just, her gut was telling her there was there was an alarm going off. And she was she like, no. The fish. And I really do believe that Antoine had every intention of just taking me for that night, bring me home the next day. Mm-hmm. And I my intention that. when I called dad was, can you just bring her home tomorrow? Because mom's shit-faced tonight. Can you just bring her home tomorrow? So I was expecting you the next day. and oh. but there. <laughs> Really? I, really? By the way, listeners, I, I never showed up the next day. Or you the did day not. after that, or I think the and day after that. It was like four I, or five I, days. By the second day, when you didn't show up that night, I think there was a time that she was like, call your dad and find out where, where Missy is. And I called dad and I was like, hey, so mom's wondering when you're going to bring Missy back. He said, I'm not. And I was like, um, okay, can I not be the one to tell mom that? And uh-huh. she was, li- he was like, absolutely. Hand her the phone. You shouldn't have been the one to call me in the first place. True story. And true story. He told her I have filed for custody and I'm not bringing Missy home. Mike and dropped. she, Boom. I, well, phone thrown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is way phone before thrown. Mike dropped. <laughs> Way before Mike dropped. Yeah, that was his moment. And uh, she threw the she threw the phone at me and she said, you've done it and walked away and went and got shit faced. Mm. But I do remember Antoine standing outside the window that night and being like, just climb out, just climb out. I'll get you out. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't sneak out of the house. And she was like, no, just come on. We'll get Why? you. We'll take care of you. Because mom was shit-faced. Not the, like, like that first night. Mom was so shit-faced. And when she starts, she's fun. And then she gets to a point where she gets aggressive. And it became very clear to Aunt Dawn and to everyone who was around us. She could have fun with the neighbors, not with me. Mm-hmm. I Again, I'm a representation of something heavier for her. So she can get drunk and wasted with other people and have a great time. As soon as she sees my face, she's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> like, and it's just turns a switch. So my face looks exactly like my dad's. So is, why is she seeing my face and being like, ooh, like, you know, I, it's so weird and interesting how she, how differently she does actually treat us. And she never has said the word that I'm her favorite, but we have all three of us have sat down and joked and said that in front of her and she did not deny it. That's for sure. She just kind of sat there. Was like, She's never know. said the words to you that you're her favorite. No. Oh, she has absolutely used no those way. words to me. <laughs> no way. <laughs> she. I remember when. Uh, oh my our youngest, god. Our Ew. youngest sibling. Who does that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm processing that now. When Go our ahead. youngest sibling was 
really, really like no. baby. She I remember her. I remember her ba- baby, baby. I remember her being like, the baby should be your favorite. I, well, you know, Missy is my favorite. I mean, I love all my girls for very, very, very different reasons. But this is probably my favorite. Yeah. And me oh just being like, gosh. just don't tell this one that. Just like the time oh, when she, she had to. Just to. like, I remember also her telling me when I was in college and the little one was a baby, how much more she was enjoying being a mother. And she was like, because I'm older, I'm more mature. I feel like I have more parenting, my more patience. I just, I wish I had waited just to have children until I was older because- being a mom now is so much better than being a younger mom. And I was like, well, you're telling this to the child that you had at 19. And I remember just being, I I was sitting in my dorm room listening to her saying this and me just being like, I can appreciate where you're coming from on that. Can you not say that to Missy? Because you were like 13. So I'm like, how is, how would Missy react to, well, I like that I'm a mom now. I wish I had never had children when I was younger. Yeah, no, that 13 year old Missy would have reacted very, uh, that was, eloquently. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> that's heartbreaking. It would be good. <laughs> it was hard for 20 year old me to hear. I couldn't imagine what, or 21 year old me to hear. What angsty I couldn't, teenager Missy would have felt? Oh would my it, gosh. What a shitty thing to say to your kid. <laughs> like, oh, I made a mistake having like, children when I did. <laughs> yeah. And like, you can hear that for what it is, you know, and not, ta- but you can not take it personally too. And also understand what she's saying. But as her kid, to say that to your kid. Don't say that to your child. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. You can absolutely, I think you can have a neutral discussion and be like, it's probably a good idea to wait to have children until you're older and you've had some life experience and you have a little more patience when you're older and you know, you know more when you're older. These are all the reasons why as parents, we don't want our teenagers to have kids, right? Is because there's life experience and things you want them to have in life before they're saddled with a responsibility of parenting. At the very least. Yeah. The rationale behind the argument, totally well-founded, understood. 20, 21-year-old me who was hearing that was sort of fuddling through that mess because I knew I didn't want, I was, I was 20, 21. So at my age, she had had, she had a baby that she, (laughs) that she was now also had a baby the same age. So when she was my age, she had a baby the same age she has now. And I knew I didn't want to be a mom to a baby at that age. So I was like, I can understand because I thoroughly was like, yeah, I don't want to have kids now. That's a bad idea. So I could understand the rationale between, and I was, but I was like at the beginning point of being able to understand that rationale because there was also a part of me that was like, I'm your kid. And that's not really something that you should say to your kid. So there was part of me. So I had so she should not have fucking said that Missy is her favorite. What the fuck? Who oh, says she that? Is. One of their kids. So at this point, she's yes, probably said that to our younger sibling. If she said it well, to you. Well, who knows? Because she also frames it out. So she has been unemployed through the youngest sibling's entire life. Pretty much. Yeah. So I think that's also why I wanted to make the distinction of how we grew up and there was stability there because she did have a stable union job for way to bring it back way to bring it back. We had significantly more stability than her unemployed welfare ass way of raising the youngest sibling. 
she had a union job. She could do it. There was proof that I had from my own childhood of sustainable number of years that she was doing it. And she gave up and she stopped. She allowed her circumstance to define her. And that pisses me off. You could probably hear that. Sorry. I can. (laughs) (laughs) But it does. It pisses me off because I'm like, this is not what this was intended for. And I'm a total supporter. If you're in a situation where it's like, I'm not working right now. I need to go get food stamps. There should not be shame on that. You should... That's what that is for. You should get help during those times and you shouldn't be shamed for it. You shouldn't feel bad. That is what it's there for. But you shouldn't give up on the rest of your life and say, I'm just going to live on the system for that. That's not what it was there for. And I hate that she has done that. And I know that it's difficult because there was a time when Guinevere was young I was in between jobs and I had to, I, I, I went in and I had to apply and I was like, I need help. And by the time they got down the list to me and they said, Hey, we have this available for you. I was like, I found a new job. So thank you. You can move to the next person on the list. And they were like, well, you're still, you qualified. So do you need some help while you get situated with your job? We can still give you assistance. I was like, I really appreciate that that is available. I love that that's in place. If you want to send me a thing of formula, you can, but I do have a new job. I have, it's going to be a well-paying job. I'm going to be okay. I'm good. Please move <laughs> to the next person on the list yeah. because there's two, that list is so long and it wouldn't be that long if you didn't have people who were abusing the system. Anyway. So I'm glad you got that out I went on, for yourself. I got that off my system, yeah. out, of my, out of my system for yeah. the moment. Yeah. So the whole point of bringing where she is now up like you know being dependent on welfare and everything is that yes i did say in a past recording that i went from zero what did i say zero structure zero structure thank you zero structure you've been holding on to that so much i wasn't sure what i, I have you, you because it wasn't it wasn't right. we do have we did so have a better situation though. it was yeah. so very different i mean for me like i remember a lot of the drunkenness and a lot of the messy times and a lot of me and you being there on our own and that is sort of the stuff that I think about as the zero structure whereas even though she was working the whole time and like providing food most time of that I don't know I just remember shit being really fucking hard I think yeah you remember your memories really do seem to start with the downfall and the spiral and that's probably about the age I was probably at that age right of the when the memories start to stick and then also that was super traumatic and tragic and that is yeah it's interesting how my memories are with that like I remember it being really bad but I blacked out a lot of shit and and you were presented with a a a contradictory sort of or not a contradict the a contrasting lifestyle when you went to dad's you had two working parents who were taking care of you you were not being and that's you didn't have a babysitter of your sister (laughs) like all the time they if they had a meeting they paid a babysitter and they were there that babysitter was there for like two to three hours at a time and I had a bedtime. I had to be, and we had a bedtime routine where Dad and I read a book, and I was you read in. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, specifically, we read Harry Potter. We also read The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Oh no, yeah. No, we read the Tom Sawyer one. I yeah, because I think Huckleberry Finn, our dog Freckles, had chewed up on us. I had Grandma's copy. I guess it was Dad's copy, really. So, so anyway, yeah, you did have a better structure. Not, yeah, I went from a no routine, maybe is what is what I should have said to a routine 
that no routine with a parent to a routine with two parents and rules, a lot more rules and regulation. And there was definitely way more strictness there. There were definitely more rules. Yeah, which a lot of it I appreciate. A lot of it I was, it, I still think it was a little excessive, but I, I appreciate a lot of that. So I guess that's really what I should have said is more like there were less rules, regulations, and routine growing up with mom than there were when I moved in with dad. And that's the situation. Yeah, that was our situation. It was a very different life. <laughs> we, I feel like we've lived so many different lives each. It was you know like yeah because I'm definitely like even as you're even as you're saying that I'm sitting there thinking well we had a routine but I it's definitely wasn't your more traditional two parent yeah I made dinner it's not like super yeah sorry I'm offending you but like I made dinner I got you in bed on time but that is what I provided it wasn't you did not have but, a mother. Okay, uh, sure. You provided that. But I rebelled against that because you were my sister, not my mother. So I got up and I went into the living room and I watched TV on the couch until 2 or 3 a.m. And then I would fall asleep on the couch and this and that, like all kinds of stuff that I yeah, never. Yeah, not when I was there. Not that. I, you definitely had a different experience with mom also when you were there after I was living with Linda. Right. Yeah, I just I, I do think that there's some conflating of memories between mom spiraling after I was living with Linda, because you were by the time I was living with Linda, I was completely isolated. But you were still you still had times that you were there and you were with mom. That's a whole nother podcast, I think. Yeah, you're right. I didn't go from zero structure. I went from a more limited, different, way different and abstract and not parental structure to a lot of parental guidance and structure. And so that that was the difference. And also, it's very odd for you to be in the position of defending mom. So what a... what a, It is. What an interesting... It feels very different that I felt like I needed to do that, especially confronted with so many things that it's like... So many things came up like, and we digressed so much that it was like, yeah, that's such a this weird isn't... topic. Yeah. It is. It's very hard to be in a position where you're like defending your abuser, yeah. <laughs> frankly, yeah. um, which is Stop a whole other syndrome. subject. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other subject. Um, yeah. And uh, some of that is through work that you have to do, which I think lends itself to another podcast also that we talked about ta- having that conversation yeah. of work that you have to do. So you, uh, so I didn't grow up to be a victim of my parent and her failings and to be saying, you know, there's a blessing of this. And I'm not a victim, which helps me to be a better parent to my child because I am breaking generational curses. So there you have it, listeners. You hear us coming up with more podcast topics in the moment. That was so beautiful and eloquently said, my dear, beautiful sister. I love you. I love you. You're my favorite person. You know that. And I'm allowed to say that because you're not one of my children for me to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to like, review, download, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Wherever you listen to us, check out our Mm -hmm. website, sisterlysituationspodcast.com. Check out my yoga website, uh, consciousyoga.tv. And email me if you're interested in yoga. Email us 
any thoughts, comments. questions, comments. Yeah, anything. We want to have some um, audience interaction. So yes, thank you. give us your feedback. Love you. Yeah. Love you. Okay, bye, bye, people.